All righty. This is a bonus episode. I'm Aaron Whitlow. I'm Brandon Spivey. And we are the Markout Movie Podcasters. I should have let Brandon say it this time around. I'm sorry. I just remember I said the last episode. Sorry, guy. Sorry. Uh, but you can tell them what we're working, what we're doing right now. All right. Uh, so this bonus episode, we are going to be re- reviewing the 2020 Bloomhouse production of The Invisible Man. Is All it a reboot right. of the monsters, or is it a one-off? We don't know, but we're going to review it. <laughs> we're going to review the heck out of it. All right. So let me go ahead and get into the synopsis if you will, and I'm going to pull this straight from IMDb, because I think that they have better synopsis. Um, when Cecilia's abusive ex uh, takes his own life and leaves her his fortune, she suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia works to prove that she's being hunted by someone nobody can see. What do you think about that synopsis? I wasn't, I wasn't bad. All right, let me read the other one that's on Google. Do you see that one? Yeah. After staging his read own it. suicide, a crazed scientist uses his power to become invisible to stalk and terrorize his ex-girlfriend. When the police refuse to believe her story, she decides to take matters into her own hands and fight back. Which one sounds more like the movie? Well, I think the Google one sounds more like the movie, but it also gives away the movie because <laughs> you don't yeah. know that he's, I agree. he's alive. They don't give everything away because there, there's a few twists in this movie that the trailers didn't give away. Uh, neither did this. And, that, I, and as you know, Brandon, I was so critical of the trailer of this movie. Yes, you were. I thought that this movie, this trailer gave away so much. I'm like, hey, like I was not, I was not ready to see this movie. I thought it was going to be a bust. Boy, was I eating crow, <laughs> man! And I got some stuck in my teeth. So, all right, um, hit us up, Brandon, with the numbers. All righty, it's got a seven point six out of ten on IMDb, seventy percent on Metacritic. You know, Metacritic is harsh on things, so that's <laughs> 88% like this on Google. Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 91% on the tomato meter, and the audience score is 89%, and it's on a $7 million budget right now, and it's made $55.8 million worldwide. So it's a monster hit. And also... It is certified fresh on the on the tomato meter. I noticed. Yeah. Um, and Fandango comes in on mine. Fandango gives the eighty nine percent on Fandango. So this movie is critically and uh, audience praise. This movie is it's a hit, as you said. It's and I like the pun. It is a monster hit. <laughs> um, I don't know I if you meant to do it, it, but it is a. It just came yeah. out. <laughs> oh wow and so this and movie like, stars um, let's see Elizabeth Moss, Moss yep. as Cecilia Cass 
Uh, Oliver Jackson Cohen is Adrian Griffin. Um, Harriet Dyer is Emily Cass. Uh, Eldis Hodge is James Lanier. I love him. Storm Reed is yep is Sydney Lanier, and then uh, Michael Dorman is Tom Griffin, and then there's other people in this movie, but we're not gonna even really consider them. Uh, honestly, um, no offense to them, but yeah. Just a quick question for you. Uh, I know it's early March, but would you consider Elizabeth Moss's performance to be Oscar worthy? Yeah, but uh, just I know that they 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 look down on horror. Yeah, they do. But this is, but maybe this is the not as deep horror enough so that they can give her some type of consideration. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think that I thought that she did a great job to, to be able to like break down into madness. And you know, it's funny. Is uh, because we just finished a review in Hollow Man where he descends into madness, but we also mentioned how we felt that he was already mad, but he just allowed it to come all the way out, right? Yep. So in this movie, it feels like you see the whole trope of madness in Invisible Man, but you don't really see it so much in the Invisible Man as you see it with. Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss's character in this movie, she goes into madness. Yeah, she does. But and she's forced into it, you know. And but I mean, that opening scene, just the opening scene, is just it's wow, you know. Uh, I didn't expect it to open like that. But uh, mm-hmm. before we actually get into it, uh, did you like the opening credits with the splashing yes. of the water? I loved that. I was like, I was oh, ho- I was, I was hoping you. Uh, I was hoping you. I, ho- I was hoping you mentioned that, Brandon. Yeah, I uh, love the opening credits. Like the all right. So when the movie starts, it starts. This is all spoilers. We're not holding anything back. Uh, I have a spoiler-free review on our on our channel, Mark Out Movie Podcast on YouTube. You should do that. Me and Brandon have spoiler-free reviews on Letterbox. But uh, in this, we're gonna hold nothing back, guys. We're going into it. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, when it starts out with the water, like like it starts out with with the see the shot of the of the um, you know I I think it's just uh, there might be music there might be a musical score, but uh, I remember the you you've seen it twice so you can tell me. I don't think um, I don't recall a score right there. I think it was just water just splashing on that rock and credits. Oh, and the, but the but the sound of it though the way the water. The the impact of the of the uh, water hidden and then splashing and then it reveals that the, right there the whole time um, the credits of the director by starring or whatever and then it just man I was like like it got me like just that little part right there got me invested I'm like okay I see what they're doing in this movie I can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> How'd you feel? How'd you react in response? Uh, I, I was like, I was like, the monsters are back just with the, the opening credits. Uh, it was like, hadn't seen nothing, but I've seen everything with those opening credits. I knew what kind of movie this was. I knew this was going to be good. I knew this was going to be very suspenseful, and it was. Uh, I, but, you know, moving past the water, the way it pans up to that house, 
all it just gave me all kinds of goosebumps like like classic it, it was I've, I've said this in my letterbox review it is shot like carpenter <laughs> which it hmm. should shot because they grew up on carpenter and i'm talking about lee i'm also talking about james wan who he worked under on saul uh insidious films like that i he you know i consider james wan the modern carpenter uh but it was just shot like an old school director if you don't want to use carpenter it was it was it was shot old school the shots were so old school in this movie and the score was too it was an amazing yeah score. you felt oh uh, we're gonna yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into that real quick. Not not so much just the score. The score was great, but um, I'm gonna go ahead and consider Lee. I've already I've already I've already said that um, my uh, my new horror uh, directors uh, that like I look at now as like the guys. It's clearly James Wan, uh, but Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Uh, Mike Flanagan. I think that he's one of the top dudes and stuff. But with with this movie, man, I'm gonna put Lee up there. I won't, and I and I'm glad that we still. I'm glad that we're still getting horror directors and Jordan Peele too. You know, I throw him out there as well. But I'm glad that we're starting to get horror directors that are, um, that are refreshing and stuff like that. Because you know, we we lost. We lost Wes Craven. He's gone now. He's dead. Toby Hooper's dead now. Only one left, man, is is John. Uh, Sean Can- Cunningham's still living, but he's not doing anything. And he's not even. He's like he, he doesn't really like horror. I wouldn't include Sean. I, I, I as much as I love my Friday Thirteenth franchise, that guy only made the first one. And it's good. Don't be wrong, but he did nothing else. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. a he's a what, what is it they call it? Uh, one hit wonders. Yeah, one hit wonder, one trick pony. You know, he lives off Jason Voorhees. That's it. And Wes Craven had more films. Uh, Carpenter had more. Uh, Toby Hooper, he directed more than one movie. You know, so um, yeah. John Landis, you know these yeah. people. So, but I'm glad that we have a new generation of horror horror people, and it's funny, and it's the people that are our age that came up with us that watched the same movies as you stated, watched the uh, Carpenter stuff, and st- you know, and yeah. so yeah, yeah. I mean, they take a page out of Carpenter with the, their work. You can just tell they inspired. He inspired a generation. <laughs> he really did. And uh, so, like uh, diving into it, uh, so when we pan up to the uh, house, we see uh, we go into the house and we see a it's a it's a great big house. Yeah. We see Cecilia uh, laying in the bed uh, at around three something in the morning, uh, and she, you know, gets up and she uh, she goes ahead and um, you know. And he and you and even that subtle man, he has a hand over her, like his controlling of her. Yeah, is even when he when they sleep, he's controlling her, and uh, just oh man, just and so she escapes. I'm not gonna go through all that, but the the first part of this movie was so intense, and I believe that through the whole movie, you never let off being intense until yeah. like you can really breathe when she can breathe. 
And that's how it took the whole movie. Yeah, I agree. It's very intense, and it's very intense from the opening until the conclusion, really. I mean, it keeps you on your toes throughout the whole movie, you know, and movies don't do that these days, usually. You get once in a blue moon, you'll get one that does it, but man, this movie, I had high expectations for this movie, but even my expectations were exceeded. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. I honestly... I didn't expect it to be this good, honestly. Hmm. Yeah, I know you didn't expect yeah. it to be good at all. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, like I said, crow sandwiches on my side. But, um, but yeah, so I love that. So she escapes uh, out. She uh, she has this, like, hiding place that comes back into play later on, but where she had, like, a, a duffel back sword. Um, and she... Uh, she turned the camera, so she knows she knows the layout of the home. And Brandon, I was gonna bring this up later on when she uh, finds her uh, her art art book of her stuff. It looks like one of the pictures in there was the house. So I think she designed the home. Is probably what I think. Um, since she's like an archi- architect, uh, yeah. you know, she's. I believe she probably designed the home. She probably did. But, but uh, she. Uh, she escapes, man, and it's and her, her sister. <laughs> she drugs him, though. I mean, she, you know, when yeah. she gets up, she she grabs that glass and shakes it a little bit to see if there were still more drugs in her, and there was. So she she didn't get the she didn't completely drug him, uh, but enough for her to escape. But. Yeah. Uh, like she get like I said, she gets her bag and she's escaping. And I love the scene with the dog. You know when the alarm mm-hmm. goes off, he's got a he's got a what is it electric uh, chain uh, uh, chain collar. Yeah, on? Uh, uh, he has uh, he has an electric boundary collar on that yeah, allows him to not go too far. Like he can he's, he's not free. He's not free either. No. And that's the thing is like nobody that's in this house is free. No, uh, you know everybody is captive under uh, Adrian. Adrian is the captor of these people, and also his name, Adrian Griffin. Griffin is the name of the original Invisible Man from the H.G. Uh, e. Wells uh, novel, and so um, that's a that's a nod to the original Invisible Man in that in that aspect. But yeah, yeah. Whew. but that that escape scene. So she she finally makes it, but he. Um, the alarm goes off, so that alerts him, and he wakes up, and she's running. And I felt so scared for her. Oh, yeah. uh, honestly, I was, while she's in the road, I'm like, oh, Lord, just keep walking or keep running or something. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I was like, don't just stand there. Keep moving, you know, And because uh, I thought at any moment he's going to pop up and grab her or something like that. And um, and so, and I love how they never really showed his face because it really wasn't about who his face is. Who he is, you know? It's about what he did to her, you know? Exactly. What impact he had on her, and he had a big impact. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so, uh, so you were saying the sister. Yeah, the sister comes and finally uh, shows up. But to me, she's, it seems like the sister was uh, him hogging around because she's like, what are, what are you doing out here? What is it this time? Da 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 da. And she's like, drive, man, <laughs> drive, you know. And uh, she had no and finally, the sister. 
this was an escape. <laughs> she had no idea, you know. And uh, but I, I love it when he shows up and he bangs on the glass and ends up breaking it. You know, I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this guy's clearly unstable. Uh, yeah. and- we don't know much about him at this point. Other than this guy's unstable, uh, he's a control freak with all the cameras in his house. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I'm like, wow. <laughs> uh, I also, I want to bring this up real quick. Uh, the guy that plays Adrian Griffin is Olive, uh, Oliver Jackson Cohen. He was in. Uh, he's on. He's on uh, the Haunting of 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 uh, Hill House or Whole House or whatever the one is on Netflix. I forgot the uh, what it's called now. But he's on that show. Uh, he's really great on that show as well. Uh, so he works with Mike Flanagan. So once again, that's that connection of all these people kind of working together. And, it, you know, like it's a shared universe in that aspect of horror. Uh, and I, it's just a good time to be a horror fan. Um, sometimes, you know, with this movie. Um, but, yeah, so she gets out of there. We uh, flash forward to... Uh, uh, she's at uh, she's at the house of um, your favorite character in this movie, uh, James. I love I love Aldous. I do. I'm a big fan of his. I'm glad he's getting an opportunity to be in bigger movies. You know, I seen him in something. Uh, Straight out of Compton is where I knew him from. Um, it says that he was also in Hidden Figure. He was in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Who was he in there? He's probably one of the kids. I, I will have to go back and watch that movie now. I love that movie, but you know he was such a he was a young kid in that in that time frame, man. Um, but yeah. But what I know him from is uh, uh, the TV show called Leverage. Uh, then he went on to do Underground for WGN. He is phenomenal. And last year he did a movie Brian Banks, which I thought he was really good in. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. <laughs> Hey, guess what, buddy? He was in uh, Boston Public. So <laughs> was he? Yeah, he was Andre in Boston Public. I think that was a, a football player. I'm not sure. I didn't get to fit but... public, but I did watch like the first few seasons. I was a big fan of that show too. But, <laughs> Clearly, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we you want to hear more about that, guys? Listen to the previous podcast episode we did with the horror section and Hollow Man. He's going to talk, talk to you all about his love for that move, that show, and a certain character that likes other underage women. So I did not um, say I like the show because of that. <laughs> I was just <laughs> didn't rate the, the, the student. They had a relationship. That's all. I okay. <laughs> okay. You're trying well, to. Um, I like it because he, he had a relationship with an underage girl. I'll tell you. See what I got to deal with? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, I'm done. I'm sorry. But anyway, back to this movie. Uh, so when we see uh, uh, Cecilia's character, when we see Cecilia, yeah. she is li- she's staying with James and her and his daughter, Sydney. And uh, and, uh, and at first, I didn't realize that I, uh, the movie never really makes, makes out their relationship. I guess they were childhood friends or grew up together as friends. And uh, she just came back to stay with her, him because uh, uh, Andre doesn't know who he is and doesn't, uh, uh, Adrian doesn't know who he is 
and uh, and doesn't know where he lives and stuff like that. I laugh real quick because I said his name Adrian. Yeah. I just remember this little girl, this girl that left that movie, watching this movie the other day, said, "I want to name my son Adrian." I'm like, girl, did you not watch the same movie? But anyway, um, but yeah, so, uh, but tell us about your love for James there, buddy. Well, I just, I mean, he's, he's funny, you know, he's, he's a funny guy. He's a cop, which I did not know that in the trailers that he was actually, actually a cop. So that threw me for a surprise. Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. but he's got a teenage daughter. He, he's raising her, uh, I'm assuming by himself. I mean, didn't see another woman yeah. there. Never met the wife or ex-wife or whatever. But yeah, he's uh, he's a cop raising his teenage girl and he's helping Cecilia out, you know, and he's being a good friend, a really good friend, a patient yeah. friend at, at that. You know? you know what? And the thing is, man, I wasn't like, I didn't realize at one point I was like, is, is, is he like Cecilia's ex? And is that like her daughter? You know, and that maybe Adrian kept her away from it. See, them, thought, or like, I thought he had a relationship with a sister. But I thought that too a little bit. I was like, oh, so maybe maybe uh, he's staying like that's his wife. Maybe the sister is his wife. And like, I didn't know what. Like, but no, uh, it's just that they was just he was just uh, Cecilia's ride or die back in the day, and was staying with him and his daughter. Yeah, and it wasn't romantic. There was no romantic no, no feelings, romantic. no feelings at all. Whatsoever. Just being a good friend. Yeah, and um, but but when we when we when we pick up with Cecilia, she is still traumatized. Oh yeah, from her whole experience. Like uh, we noticed that she covers the lens of uh the camera, which I didn't realize. I thought she was just paranoid. Somebody can hack. But being that the dude Adrian was like a master of optics and cameras, you know, yeah. it's just, it's it's given that he could probably tap into her camera and find her. So he, so she she covered the uh, the the camera of you know for that reason, and then uh, she also um, what else she did? She uh, she also. Um, she hasn't been out of the house, so she become very uh, was it, what's the term uh, agoraphobic. Yeah, and um, yeah. So uh, James has a bet with her to try to get her to go to the mailbox, and that's you know, and he's just doing this to encourage her to kind of get out and uh, and start living living the her life again. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and I love that scene that that first jump scare scene of. It's not the first jump scare scene, but that jump scare scene post the escape where she goes to the mailbox and she sees a, a guy with a black hoodie on and tracksuit running towards her. And uh, she just gets freaked out and runs back in the house. Oh, yeah. Man. That was a really good sh- That was well shot and everything. Uh, but, yeah, like, she has a ch- – she's very, very traumatized. At this stage, and I, I, I don't feel like she, at this point, I didn't feel like she was ever gonna get over it. This is gonna be her life, you know, mm-hmm. running from Adrian and whatnot. But yeah, she couldn't even check the mail 
that's how that's how bad it was. But uh, and uh, and so she gets a letter somehow. I know. Does, does the sister come first before the letter? Uh, I want to because I know she's mad at the sister coming over because she, she feels like well, sister's got news. I want to say she gets the letter first. Then the sister comes. It was around the same time, though. Yeah, and so the well, the the essentially the sister comes with news that, and she's like, "Hey, why'd you come? He knows where you live. He could follow you and find where I'm at. You know, why would you do this? You know." And she's like, "Hey, I'm just coming to let you know that he's dead. You know, he killed himself." Uh, and so the letter correlates with that news to let her know that she's inherited. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, so the sister gives her the note, the the notice about him dying, and yeah. then like you know, so she feels like, and then she starts telling the story of what happened to her, and what was it like to be there with him, uh, and then like the next thing you know is, she goes out one morning and gets the mail, brings it all the way in. It's like she can now start to breathe again, you know. Yeah. She starts to relax, and then like a letters for her that says. Hey, you have to come here about the estate of Adrian uh, Griffin, and uh, and her and his brother, which I didn't bring him up. Um, the lawyer brother. Oh man, this guy <laughs> got on my nerves. Um, nerves, huh? Yeah, Mark Mark Dorman, Tom Griffin, and so Tom, uh, a space of her. Adrian left her $5 million to be paid out over the course of uh, is it every month, like so much every month. Yeah. Um, and so she decides to use that money to put it towards Sydney to go to college because uh, she wants to go to fashion school. And, uh, yeah, and so she inherits this money, but there's two, re- two uh, clauses that she can't get the money. Brandon, what are those clauses? One, the trailer gives away. The other, the trailer does not give away. She cannot uh, be involved in a crime. And she can't be found in, what was it? Uh, I want to mentally, say insanity. Mentally incompetent. Yeah, and mentally incompetent. That's it. That's what they used. <laughs> so she can't have those two things happen to her. So... Yeah. But I, I do like what she was doing with the money. She was sending uh, James's daughter, to, I want to say fashion school. Yeah. I don't honestly remember what she was wanting to go for. I want to say it was fashion, but I'm not sure. It was but fashion, was like, yeah. Because, because she has a, uh, in her room, she has like a lot of those mannequins that um, yeah. that has clothes. Yeah. And one of, the, one of the mannequins is dressed like the original Invisible Man. With the hat, yeah. the the trench coat, and the, the goggles, you know, uh, there's a couple of nods to the original in this movie, um, and there's a nod to Hollow Man, as I state uh, before. Uh, but yeah, oh, so um, so essentially, she she starts living her life, and they start, uh, you know, playing around. They buy a ladder and all that stuff, and the ladder comes into play later too. <laughs> but um, that's it. That's but, but they, they start living their life and having fun together. But I love what the camera does. This is Lee Winnell in, in at his finest. So while they're talking and having fun and communicating, the camera pans away from them, 
and just focuses on a corner of the house or the room or something like that, or pull off into a shot where you feel like it's somebody else's perspective, uh, but they don't, they're not moving. It just lets you know that Adrian's already in the house. And I believe he is already in the house. Well, I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it that he could be. You don't know. You know. But isn't it great, though? That, like, it that's, is great. That's the scariest thing. You don't know. You don't know if he's there or not. Yeah, you don't know. You don't have a clue. <clears throat> yeah, I like how I like the direction <clears throat> they took in this movie uh, where Invisible Man's not really the main character, but he's always around. <laughs> but you don't know sometimes. He's all- yeah, yeah, he's always a presence. Like you, yeah. yeah. So I mean, oh, wow. yeah, you just makes you think. Yeah, as you already know, as you have already stated, you locked your doors when you got in your car. <laughs> just, Man, when I yeah, when I got out, uh, when I got out the movies, like I like my car moved. Like I heard something. Like maybe it was just something that was just in the back seat that fell a little bit. But yeah. I heard that noise. My first thought was, man, let me lock these doors real quick, you know. Uh, but it wouldn't do me no good because it'd be already in there. But that movie, even that night, I drank, I dreamt about this movie uh, because it just it stuck with me. And Brandon, Brandon, he like he he'll see a movie twice, uh, but it's rare that he immediately is like, I want to see this like as soon as possible, and uh, he's seen it again. Uh, you seen it initially that what that Saturday? I saw it on Saturday, and then I took uh, Sean on Tuesday to go see it. And I mean, it was hilarious watching him watch this movie. <laughs> oh, he jumped so many times, <laughs> man! And so, uh, and uh, so let me let's, let's uh, dive back into it. So, uh, at this point. She lets her guard down, and she feels like she could breathe and everything, and she got this money, so she's good. She's not really concerned with the money, like, oh, I'm rich or whatever. She's, like, thinking about what good she could do with this girl's life or, and help out around the house. And so yeah. she starts cooking breakfast and stuff like that. Uh, I think uh, uh, when she goes shopping, right, uh, she feels like a presence is in a room with her, too, right then, but she just doesn't really know. I don't know if it was the night uh, night before or what, but I know that she uh, she's cooking breakfast and uh, and she um, goes to wake up the daughter and um, somebody else says that she bumped the knife and it fell and 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 Adrian caught it, but I always thought he just grabbed the knife and brought it down. But I don't know if she bumped it and it fell and she, he caught it before it hit the floor or what. Um, but he grabbed the knife. He took the butcher knife. I think I missed that. You talking about in, in the breakfast scene? Yeah, the breakfast scene. I, mean, I guess. So I'm... there's a, yeah, there's a knife that was on the counter, and um, and either Adrian took the knife from the counter, or she bumped the knife and didn't realize she bumped the knife, and it fell off, and Adrian caught it. But the knife came off the counter. And the next thing you know, he walks over to the stove and turns the stove up to high to burn the, the food and cause a fire. Yeah, I, I remember all that. I just don't remember the knife. <laughs> yeah, and that's why that knife ended up in that bag later on when she goes to the attic. But um, that's that the same sense. knife that she had. Yeah. Uh, and so 
uh, and it already has her fingerprints on it. So, you know, yeah. although she took it, oh my goodness, that made me mad. But I was like, what he was going to do. I mean, he really thought about this, how he was going to get her and make her life a living and, hell. <laughs> and that's why, and that's why those two clauses was in the, in the contract. Those two yeah. clauses uh, was in the contract. Yeah, I mean, ooh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the turns the stove up. It's it's on fire. Uh, she's going to pour it with pour it out with water. The girl says, "No, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's get a fire extinguisher." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, which also established that they have a fire extinguisher. This movie's so smart, Brandon. This movie is so smart. <laughs> if you think about the stuff that they plant in the movie and they bring back up later, everything that they plant in the movie comes back later on, and it's really good. It's really ingenious. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. So this movie. So, um, and then I think also that's the first part, the first point where we feel like she might feel like she's going a little crazy because yeah. she doesn't remember. Turning up, she thought she had it down. She just don't remember, and so he's starting to mess with her psyche already. Yeah, you know. And um, now, uh, as far as like when uh, we were when she was in the room, uh, putting the clothes up on the clothes on the uh, on her clothes rack. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it was did, did he just take a shirt down or something? So I missed that. I didn't know what the interaction was when she goes back and the camera pans back over to her, and then when she looks back over there. Uh, I didn't know what happened. If he just, if she just felt like something was there, is that what it was? Yeah, she just felt like something was there. <clears throat> he didn't actually move anything. Uh, he just, she just felt the presence. Really, I mean, it's like, you know how you get sometimes you're alone and dark, and you just you feel like something's there. It's not, but mm-hmm. that's what she was feeling in that moment. It's something okay. there with her and. and- she was right, <laughs> and, and maybe that was a nod to the um, Hollow Man as well, because the character, the neighbor girl, uh, yeah. when she was getting out of the shower, she felt like somebody was somebody was there, like you said, an entity, a presence, and yeah. so she just didn't know what it was. But um, but yeah, so oh, one of the best scenes of the movie. So she sleeps. So the trailer shows this almost. Although the trailer shows a scene where you can see the phone floating in the air taking pictures. We never see that no. um, in the movie. We just see the flash of the camera of the phone, uh, it, which is good. The trailer is so smart because I thought the trailer gave away everything, but nothing that was in the trailer was actually really in the movie. Not everything. There's stuff that's in the movie, but the important stuff wasn't in the movie, in the trailer. Um, but yeah, so what do you think about the scene where she? Uh, so he takes the the color, covers off of her, and that, that happened also in Hollow Man. That's one thing I was thinking about. That happened also in Hollow Man when uh, he removed the covers from from her, because in yeah. Hollow Man, as a as a dream sequence where Elizabeth Shue has the covers taken off of her, that's true. While she's sleeping. Yeah, so uh, obviously Lee watched Hollow Man and, and is probably a big fan of it. Uh, he was using some of the stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I like that scene. It was creepy, you know, uh, to think that you're asleep and someone's messing with you <laughs> like that. Uh, 
mm-hmm. wake up and you see the cover on the floor and you're like you're picking it up and you you get to a certain point and you can't pull anymore. <laughs> Someone's oh like, man, it's like but you oh. can't I was like, wow, that's it was so well done. It was shot so well. I mean, everything about it was just well done. Man, the uh, the uh, scene there with the uh, with the uh, so that's when we seen that little bust of the original visible man, like standing, like because she see that and she thought yeah. there's somebody there, but it's really I just that. It was the invisible man. I saw at first because I was like, oh, uh, I was like, oh man, that's classic. That's the original, and then you find out it's a mannequin. But <laughs> that it was great for them yeah. to do that though. Yeah, but uh, but then like so she looks over to Sydney's side because she thought it was he, she must have pulled the cover off and it's on the floor. And so she looked over to see and she didn't see it. And she looked on her side. So she looked down. She sees it pulled onto the floor. And when she went to uh, grab it, she she took it and she uh, did it in the air, like like to see if something like some something was there. Yeah, I think I, I want to say that uh, man Elizabeth Shue did it too in Hollow Man. She did the same thing with the cover in Hollow Man. <laughs> the more I looked at it, she did the same thing with the covers. But the, what the Invisible Man does in this one, it looks like he kind of, you can see the outline of him a little bit. It kind of ducks under the cover to get away from it, right? Yeah. I thought this word I saw. You see, it messes with your eyes too. But then like she's like, oh, there's nothing there. And so she starts to pull the cover, and you see that it was not go. And then, uh, Brandon, does, does he... Do you feel like he starts walking on top of the cover, like towards her? Yeah, he he definitely got on top of the cover because she couldn't move it. You know, it was it was not budging at all. And, and it looks gets... like the cover started. It looks like the cover started moving, like like you see, like the footprint foots coming closer towards her. But yeah. maybe it didn't happen. That's the beauty of this movie: is stuff that horror is better when you can't see it and you just imagining what you're seeing. Exactly. Uh, you just assuming, because there's another scene in this movie where I was convinced he was sitting in a chair. I'm like, oh, he's already right there. You know? <laughs> so, um, man, it's just, yeah, but yeah, so she he, she screams. James comes to the rescue. Uh, Sydney pulls out, which again, the, it pays off later on. The little pepper spray pays off later on. Um, and, uh, Kind of find out, she's like, I felt like there's somebody there, you know, and um, and so I don't think she she kind of didn't think about it anymore. She just um, I think she went the next day. She went to her interview, right? Yeah, and the guy was flirting with her, and he finally said, "Well, show me your work." So she opens her, I guess, a binder portfolio portfolio. And there's, it's all empty. <laughs> he took all of her stuff out while she was sleeping uh, or early that morning or something. But yeah, that, and then she was drugged. She passes out right after that. And, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. same medication she drugged him with in the opening scene. Because because uh, when he when she was running from the house originally, she and drops she, the... Uh, she drops it and he picks it up and it's all bloody because his yeah. hand is bloody, and so he laid it on the, he laid it on her, 
in the in the bathroom so that she can find it and so she knows he's alive. Yeah. Man. And so uh so uh she uh she realizes so she goes back to Tom, the lawyer brother, and says, Hey, I know he's alive. Tell him to stop. You know, and so she's trying to, you know, and James is with her. Yeah, uh, but James isn't really completely 100% r- believing it. Yeah, I love his expressions. <laughs> Which is yeah. telling him, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you crazy, girl. You crazy. Man. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and like, yeah, so uh, she tells uh, the brother, let's tell him to leave me alone. Because she, she really... And Elizabeth Moss does Elizabeth Moss does such a great job in this part because she's just really tired and she just wants to have freedom. Yeah, she just wants to be free, and uh, and she's like, please just tell him to stop, tell him to leave me alone, please. Just you know, she's pleading, please just tell him to stop. And and I love that the aspect of the Invisible Man in this movie with abuse and escaping an an abuser. Uh, is that trying to live, and even though people might not can see the bruises, they're still there. You know, the the abuse is still haunting you. And uh, the Invisible Man is also the abuse that she carries along with her going forward in her life after the abuse. And it's just, it's man, it's so this movie's deeper than just the Invisible Man. Oh, you know what I'm saying? It's much deeper than just. Uh, the visible man, but uh, you know, as far for the character of Adrian, even though he's not in the movie a whole lot, he has a huge impact in this movie for a guy that's barely in it. I thought mm-hmm. that was all, I think it's all Lee. His he wrote the script, he directed it. I think he just he's he's a he he really is a great writer. Uh, I thought when he wrote Saul, the original Saul, that was such a a shocking story when you get to the end of it. Uh, You know, I just, there was something about a guy you don't really see a whole lot and is a huge character. And I I always Saul with Jigsaw because he's in it like a minute. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And man, that just, it was brilliant how he wrote this character, Adrian, and the impact he had, not on just on uh, Cecilia, but everybody in her life. In in her life, and yeah, that that. Uh, did you feel that uh, real quick before we get back into the rest of the of what the movie was about and stuff? And uh, do you feel that Lee Winnell's this was his? This this is Lee Winnell's Halloween as. Carpenter's Halloween was because Carpenter's Halloween before they did Asylum Precinct 13 and you know other little movies yeah. like that. But in yeah. and, and uh, Lee Winnell did upgrade, he did like he he had a hand with Saul and things like that. But yeah, Lee, this movie, yeah, I was just gonna say, Lee, this is like his third movie he's directed. Uh, he did Insidious Chapter 3, then he did Upgrade, and now he's done this. I, I, I have to say, this is his Halloween. This is what people are probably yeah. remember him by as a director. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that, as you can see now, as we said in movie news with the uh, previous episode, uh, that you see that he uh, 
he was able to uh he was able to get like write his own check essentially because now yeah. they're making him the Kevin Feige of uh of this you know of this universe. Whether they right. come or not, I mean, you're, you're in the universe. Right. Um, and so, uh, getting into the rest of it, uh, what happens after that? Oh, where, where were we? We were at the uh, part with the... Um, we are at the part after she passes out from the uh, job okay. interview, and she finds the drugs, and she confronts yeah. Tom. So she's in a hospital waiting to hear the results, which I found weird that it was out. It wasn't in a room or anything because you would get your news in a room, but whatever. <clears throat> so the doctor comes in. I, I thought the doctor played it weirdly. Like, like she was almost scared to give her the news, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she tells her she was drugged by this certain medicine and she realizes uh, she lost that medicine. I mean, I don't know if she mm. actually said that, but if you're watching a movie and you're paying attention, you realize what she was drugged by is what he she drugged him by, and she lost that. And so, um, but she also was supposed to get more news that she didn't get. Yeah, she she let the phone go down and she didn't get that news. And then um, that comes after in that, later. right. And then after that, uh, uh, we get to the um, part where she goes to, uh, I think at this point, uh, she goes to the, well, does she go to the sister at this point and uh, find out that, um, uh, I guess, Adrian wrote a, an email, email to her yeah, and uh, said that she's suffocating her, that she feels that uh, they have, you know, that she, he, she wishes that she would have died other than Adrian and things like that. And uh, and so, yeah, it's like a brutal email. But she yeah. she just completely believed that she wrote this and didn't even give her a chance to even state her cases. It wasn't her. What I found funny about that part is that that's how she felt about Adrian. And he knew that. And he was using that against his own sister, her own sister. I, I, I just... Again, it's deep. <laughs> it's got layers. <laughs> Just brilliant writing, honestly. It's uh, brilliant storytelling. Uh, the, the fact, I mean, he knew her better than anyone, and he says that later in the movie. Uh, you know, and he knows everything. I mean, he knows her flaws. He knows her weaknesses. He knows how she feels, and she even says that that she he knew what she was thinking. Without even saying a word, hmm. he knew she wanted to leave. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, and uh, and she, yeah, and that does come come up to play. And then, um, and so after that scene, she essentially goes home, reads the email, and then she's crying on the floor. And that's yeah. when Sydney comes in to uh, comfort her and says, "Hey, we should just have a girls' night and just you know enjoy, you know, just relax and." Yeah, you know, veg out type of thing, and then uh, from there, <laughs> Adrian makes his presence known in a big way. Oh, in a big way, <laughs> he slaps Cindy. 
and uh, and she thinks it was uh, Cecilia that did it. And, and you know what? The way it was shot, if say it would be me and you, you probably would have thought I hit you too. The way it happened, you know, you just I was. Yeah. But didn't he? Didn't he wait till like? Uh, he waited till Sydney's uh, hair was turned right. Yeah. So, so he waited till her, head, her she wasn't facing Cecilia at that point. So, like in her head, there's only two people in the room, and she just got she got a bloody nose now. So she assumed she's the one that did it. Yeah, I remember uh, Saturday <clears throat> watching it for the first time, and when it happened, people were like, "What just happened?" <laughs> just like it happened so fast. It's like you like. Did she hit her? Did was it him? It, it, it just people were confused because it happened so fast. It was just, I love it. I love how he did. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 then from there, that's when the, we get the more the conflict between uh, James and Sydney, Cindy, uh, Sydney rather, and um, and the uh, and then Cecilia because Cecilia. Yeah. It's like no, I didn't do. I wouldn't do this. I love y'all. And then he takes he takes his daughter out the house to give her time to calm down. And so that's when she's in the house and she feels like, all right, you're in here somewhere, you know, I'm come out type of thing. And so she that's when she did the coffee grounds on the floor and stuff like that. And then she decides she has a whole deep conversation like you could do anything. You're rich. You're powerful. You could really literally do anything in life and have anyone. Why? Why me? Why? Why stick with me, you know? And and and, uh, and then she decides to call her, call his phone, and she hears it vibrating above her head in the in the, in the attic. And yep. um, then she gets to the attic, and that's when she discovers the knife. Uh, she discovers the uh, uh, portfolio that was stolen, and uh, what else was it was there? The phone. The phone was in there as well. Yeah. And uh, and then he texts her, and it says surprise. Yeah. <clears throat> and that comes back later too. See, he, Lee Winnell is a good writer. Um, yeah. That comes back as well. Uh, and then, um, now this next scene, because um, at, at point at one point I thought he is up there with her in, in the attic. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, and then they um, she goes. Like she's about to crawl out, but she just has a feeling somebody's there. So there's paint, and they already established that they're doing remodeling and painting in the house. And so they, she took some paint, opened it up, and poured it out, and it, and it lands right on Adrian. You see an invisible force right there. How did you feel about that? And then I got something to say about that. Oh, I thought, oh man, that was a, that was an intense moment. I, uh, I wasn't expecting him to be on top of the ladder climbing up or had a standstill on the ladder. Uh, I was like, whoa, all right, now we're getting cooking. Now we're about to get, this movie's about to roll. <laughs> Some heads are going to roll too. But I was, I was like, yes, this is, this is awesome. I'm loving this movie. I was like, it's so suspenseful. It's, and it's written so smart and it's shot so well. It, it, it felt like uh, current day mixed in with the eighties, uh, just connected. <laughs> just I, I thought yeah. it was beautiful. Now I, I got something to say about it. Uh, I would have been more surprised to see that scene if it had not been for uh, Joe Blow YouTube channel on YouTube because they ruined oh. that scene for me. Oh, 
I was like watching. Yeah, I was watching um, a review of the Mummy 2017, and and for some reason unannounced, they just cut to a scene. That scene real quick in the in this movie, and didn't really give you warning. They just cut to it, and before my eyes can really see what I was looking at, I was like, "What is this?" And I'm thinking, I don't remember this in the Mummy. You know, I was thinking like, I don't remember this in the Mummy at all. And then all of a sudden, I, I realized that it's Elizabeth. Uh, Elizabeth uh, Mouse, and then like she throws it and you, and you see it, and then he says, "Here's a scene from the new uh, Mummy 2020 and uh, Invisible Man." And I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" And I cut it off, and I was just so mad because I was like, "You know, I can't believe they just ruined that scene." But um, Damn. but yeah, no. If I hadn't seen that, it would have been great just to see for the first time. Um, and uh, and but yeah, it was a good scene. It led to a big fight scene, oh, yes. uh, monster fight. Uh, it left it led to a big monster fight, uh, a big fight between her and the Invisible Man in the uh, kitchen and in the house, and uh, he wrecks her for the most part. But she fights yeah, back mean, also. But I, and watching that scene, I was like, "How do you fight something you can't see? What do you do in this situation?" I mean, you know, you don't. You just swing, you just throw. You, you really, it, it's it's awesome. It's suspenseful. You're scared to death if you're in that situation. You, you're terrified, you know. And that's what I that's what I said. I said I would have just went through there, just swinging, yeah. just swinging around. <laughs> I don't know because you know, like in, in Hollow Man, at least they had the goggles to kind of give them a, a lever, uh, get them le- uh, leverage, you know, as far as where he's at. In this movie, you don't have anything like that. You just have just hoping that, you know, that either he's there and you can get him or he's not there and you can get away. But she did come up with a plan later on. We, we can get into that in a little bit, but it was, it yeah. was great. Yeah. So she runs so, out so of the house. she escapes. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Well, you go ahead. You tell it. Oh, she well, I, was gonna, uh, I didn't know how this happened. So she runs out of the house and uh, apparently she calls an Uber. I didn't realize she called an Uber. At the time, I thought there was just some random dude that she stopped to get a ride with. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize it was an Uber. Uh, and uh, so she pretty much gets away and she flees and has him to take her to Adrian's house. When she's when, when she gets there, she uh, gets the. Uh, she she finds the other. She goes into his lair. <laughs> yeah. And if you and if you the dog's there. So clearly somebody's there because the dog's still there. Uh, yeah. And the dog is back to chained up. The dog is alive. And so the dog's been fed. And so, um, and uh, so you, so he goes, she goes to his lair and finds this room and it has like an iPad on the wall that has like a view of all over the room. And she doesn't know where it's coming from. And then she finally touches the suit or something like that. And the suit forms and you see all these little, lenses and projectors on it so what the suit has is a series and this is what i loved man uh, so the suit has um it has cameras and it also has monitors on it so it projects to what it shows in the front to the back and what's in the back to the front so what you're seeing is when you look at it is nothing it's like nothing's there but it's really just showing you an optical illusion of what's in front of you is in the back of you and it's just 
it's all around. It's 360. It covers the whole suit. And I thought, because at one point in the movie, I was thinking, man, when does he use the restroom? When does he eat? What does he do? Because I thought that for some reason he turned himself invisible until that whole little suit scene, you know, until we seen the suit. And then when we see the suit, you realize, oh, that's that's a genius. And I thought about it. I'm like, that could really happen. So there's a military probably somewhere right now to design a suit to do just that, you know. And that's how we get back to Hollow Man <laughs> with the military. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It, it, it's ingenious. It's a, it could actually happen. I think that's the scary part about this movie in 2020 is that this actually could happen. We're dealing with a universal monster character that could actually exist. And uh, that's, yeah. that's scary. You know, that someone could use a, a suit to be invisible and do whatever they want. You know, that's terrifying mm. you know and um scientific experiment to make them invisible you know that, yeah yeah like this is yeah we're more closer to this happening than anything that happened in hollow man or the original invisible man we're yeah. closer to this happening than that you know honestly. And i love i love how they took today's you know uh technology and imported it with the invisible man character or this universe now I, I don't know what they're going to do with other monsters, but I love how they're in today and importing it with these characters. It's making them truly more terrifying than they probably ever were, especially with Invisible Man. I mean, yeah. Originally, um, he was a maniac, but man, this one. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I think that um, so uh, go uh, so from this point, we have uh, them going to the uh, so she contacts her sister and says, "Hey, meet me uh, somewhere somewhere private." Uh, somehow he found out where they is at, um, but yeah, meet me somewhere private so we can have uh, uh, public. Say it again. He came to. Remember, he was in the mansion with her when she oh. found out because she had to run oh. out. Okay. Did you forget about that one? Yeah, I did forget about that. Yeah. Um, and so... Probably uh, with her on the way. Oh, that, so he, he probably he probably got in the car with... So he's probably followed them along the way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but so um, they go to the dinner and uh, they're at this restaurant and they're talking and uh, and she's like, you know, I just need you to believe me, believe what I'm saying, you know, that he's doing this and stuff like this. And he, she looks, Elizabeth Moss looks beside herself. She looks crazy. She yeah. looks like she's going crazy. Uh, she looks like she's tired. Uh, and um, and so at this time, uh, we uh, when the sister's like, yeah, I believe you, and I'm I'm listening to you, and they're having the conversation. Uh, her eye, her eye just kind of looks over and she sees something. And what she's what did she see, Brandon? Well, right, right before that happened, she said she had proof. He said, "What's the proof?" And then she kind of looked over, and she saw a knife <laughs> raise up. No one controlling the knife, and boom! It went and slit her throat and went back into Cecilia's hand. <laughs> yeah, and, and the and, whole and thing now... was shook. <laughs> yeah. 
and and uh and at that point um we see the uh like just the shock that was on Cecilia's face like she couldn't grasp the, as to what she just witnessed what just happened and, and all that sh- it just happened so fast and it was really it was really good powerful scene and that shock was the whole audience that was watching her expression everyone was feeling it and, I, and that's just amazing that they, they could capture that yeah. I, I noticed it more the second time I saw it that the audience just was shaken and just surprised didn't know what to think. Sean had yeah. his mouth wide open. It's just, it was, it was just funny. It was, yeah. It was and a- so, uh, it, and so moving on. So they, uh, pretty much, she's framed for the murder. Uh, uh, Dan Meek compared this to Candyman in a lot of ways, and uh, Helen, and Candyman, because you know, uh, and the presence he has, because nobody believes he's there, but you know, but Helen, and then you know, but. Which, wow. Anyway, um, but yeah. So she gets to the hospital. Uh, she gets to this psychic psychiatric uh, hospital, and that's where she finds out she's pregnant. Uh, and then, uh, and then uh, she has a conversation, eventually with Tom again. And Tom reveals that yes, Adrian is alive, and we want you to have the baby, uh, or you're going to go down for murder and stuff like that. And we can make this all go away if you just go back to him and have the baby and everything yeah. be good, you know. And so, uh, but she finds she gets an elaborate escape plan together. And and the, in, in between all this, she's having a conversation with James and other detectives, and she's saying he's here. I'm not crazy. He's right there, you know. And did he finally said we hear him finally say to her, "Surprise," you know. And uh, and so she knows that he is definitely, in fact, there. And so, yeah. and uh, and so, but confirmation from Tom for sure. And then she finds out a way. She's gonna go ahead and end it all. Talk, talk, tell him what happened. Yeah, she was watching the weather, and she knew rain was coming. And I think that's so smart because because he can't escape the rain. He will become visible in rain with the suit. You know, and I was like, it was smart on her part to plot that, you know, because he knew she was pregnant. He knew she he was going to stop messing with her, uh, you know, and uh, so she got in that shower, turned on that water and started stabbing her, her wrist until he grabbed it. And he said, there you are. <laughs> and then she started stabbing him. And then the escape plan happened. And uh which reminded, I think, both of us of Hollow Man, the, the final act, mm-hmm. the hat and mouse scene that happened with him killing all these pe- all these cops. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was a lot of Hollow Man and that. Um, a lot of, there's a, a lot of scene where it's just him versus the security guards. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and doing things to them in crazy ways. Um, and, but, the, but at the same time, what's really cool, Brandon, is when she stabs him a few times, she caused the suit to malfunction and yeah. uh, the suit malfunctions. And um, uh, so, you know, he becomes visible, goes invisible. It's really, it's a really cool uh, effect in the movie where he keeps revealing himself and just makes him even more creepier. You know, it's like yeah. Freddy Krueger coming into real life. It's pretty cool. <clears throat> but 
Um, so, but yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, they escape and uh, they get outside. Yeah, where it's pouring down rain. And okay, and go ahead. Uh, so she's hiding from him at first, trying to figure out where he is. Uh, so she, you know, her plan, I guess, was to she finds a gun. I'm not sure if she finds yes. a gun outside or inside. Inside, she, she picked it up from one of the security. She picked it up from one of the security officers of dead. Yeah, so she's just trying to find him. She finds his van that's open, and she gets in it. I think, or maybe he grabs her. You know, uh, then I, there was another security guard coming. Yeah. And, also, real quick, uh, I think on that van or somewhere there was a. a Sticker of Billy from uh from um Saw movies, so there's a nod to Saw in that movie somewhere. Somebody else was talking about it. I didn't see it, but yeah, I didn't see that either. Um, but it makes yeah. sense that he would make a nod to the movie that made him. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> um, but script and he was in the movie. But yeah, so he, he she gets in and she sees the van door open, so she figures. He must have got in there to uh, get outside the rain so he won't be seen. And so yeah. he, uh, but she finally realized that he's like right, right by her and he grabs her, puts her up against this other van and says, I can't, I'm not going to hurt you because you, you know, carrying my child, but I can't hurt the people that you already care about, you know? And, um, and so she pretty much says that he's going to go and kill Sydney, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, um, and so she, he uh, escapes leaves the security guard alive. So it pretty much leaves people, enough people alive. And this is where Adrian plots to free her from the charges that she has against her. And, um, and uh, the now blame it on, as we're going to find out later on someone else. So, um, and uh, so she uh, steals another car and she goes to, um, uh, she's trying to race to the house to warn Sydney. She calls James to let him know, "Hey, you need to get there because something about to happen." I'm afraid for her. And um, and the climax, uh, not the climax, but the third part. This the third part of the, the third act of this movie is fairly long. I mean, it's really good though. Um, but yeah, uh, we get to the point where she is uh, uh well. Sydney is asleep, and does she hear a noise, Brandon? Yeah, she hears uh, footsteps uh, walking in her room, so she grabs her pepper spray and sprays, and next thing we know, somebody's going against her dresser, so she gets up and runs down the hallway, and he f- pursues her, and I think that's around the same time her. James was getting to the house. Uh, yeah. yeah, James gets to the house. Motion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, James gets to the house and uh and it's so it's a brutal like he gets be- almost yeah. beat to death. It was a really brutal scene to watch. Again, how do you fight something you can't see, you know? Yeah. He, he just starts um, swinging and he, you know, kicking. <clears throat> That's the only reaction you can do when you can't see what you're fighting. And you don't know which way they are, so you don't know where you're swinging at, you know. And uh, and then uh, like he almost dies, and so I thought he was gonna punch him one more time and kill him. Honestly, is what I thought. But <laughs> but then um, but then like uh, all of a sudden Cecilia makes it there, uh, sprays him with the uh, what is it called? 
fire things. Yeah, like I said, it came back, comes back. Everything comes back. <laughs> and so um sprays it with the fire extinguisher and uh and then like puts two, two or three bullets in him and uh kills him. And then we remove the hood and who's under the mask? Well, first off, did you know who it was gonna be him? I kind of felt like that was gonna swerve right there. Uh, I remember talking to Beth about it. I said, it's going to be the brother. He said, no, it's not. I said, it's going to be the brother. <clears throat> Pulled that mask off, and it was the brother. And she punched me in the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was going to be him because uh, it's, you know, I just felt like it's not going to be him right there. You know, I knew it was going to be someone like the brother. Um, and so, uh, and then they, so, um, then uh, they go to the house. And they when they find out that the brother's been locked in the basement, they claim that Tom has kept him against his will, locked him in the basement, and uh, he was a real monster. Um, and and part of you want to believe his story, but you know, you kind of do. You kind of don't. The way it was done is that you question yourself: Is he telling the truth or not? I think if it wouldn't have been for this him saying surprise to her, actually saying it, and you 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 would question yourself leaving the theater. I actually did question it actually <laughs> leaving the theater. I was like, I was like, I was telling Beth, like, what if, just what if, it was Tom doing it all? What if he had like yeah, some such in love for Cecilia? And what if uh, so? So um, so then with this with this, so we have uh, them to get. Uh, so we have uh, so the, in theory, Tom. In this case, Tom would have orchestrated Adrian's death. Um, also um, held him hostage, um, yeah. and then why to get the money, but also to mess with Cecilia. To get revenge on her, uh, and then to stalk that her, and you know, and and, and why he'll do it would make no sense to her, and so, uh, but but also it makes it would make Cecilia a unreliable narr- narrator because, you know, if if the sequence is we, we believe in her, but what if it wasn't as bad as she put it out to be, you know? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, she's I don't crazy. Know. It's, she's crazy. You know, she was she was unstable in those moments. So, I mean, I think there's arguments. You can have an argument, but I, I do believe Tom was doing it. But I, you could argue. You can have an argument over it about yeah, it. Yeah, ultimately, oh, I, I believe Adrian was doing it. Yeah, I think it's what you well, mean. I think maybe Adrian. Yeah, I meant <laughs> but, Adrian was doing. Uh, but um, but so um. She doesn't believe that this is all what it is, but she go ahead and take the deal as far as, yeah, we can go ahead and say that Tom did it. But then she gets with James to set up a sting operation. So she goes to Adrian's house to uh, meet with him. And you see her come on the camera and sit down at the t- kitchen table and have a conversation. And she's like, well, and uh, Adrian prepares several mo- foods for her to choose. She doesn't really have freedom because he still prepares several foods that she can choose, but it's only from what he prepared for. Um, and so, uh, and so he, uh, priest still trying to have that control. And so they, um, having talks and conversation. And he's like, man, you're the only person that 
you can see my hand shaking, you know, uh, get to see me like who I am. And then she's like, well, if we're going to be together, you're going to be in my, this child's life. I need honesty. I need you to tell me, was it you? She's like, no, it wasn't me. Da, 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 da. And then he finally comes over to her. It's like, um, you know, you can't, you know, something about surprise. She, he, I forgot how he uses it, but he uses the word surprise. But he says yeah. it in a way where to let, alert her, like, I got away with this, you know. And uh, and she's like, like, okay, let me go freshen up. And so he's sitting down eating his steak, celebrating his victory. You know, he has a smug look on his face. Then what happens, Brandon? <laughs> well, what happens is he takes his knife, and you can see he's trying to fight it. But he slits his throat. <laughs> and he falls into the ground. On camera. On camera. He commits suicide on camera. Uh, and a few moments later, Cecilia shows up, screams, calls 911, slowly moves away from that camera, ends the phone call. But she's in, she's, she's, she's panicking. She's she's like scared and, yeah. and ends the phone call off camera and goes into a different character. She's like, mm. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. And um, wow! And can find out she has uh, and he dies. Yeah, he dies, and uh, she takes the suit and the dog because she frees the dog. She said at the beginning, "See, everything comes back." I wish you, I could take you with me, but I can't. She comes back and gets the dog. Yep. And then that's uh, writing, hey. man. That's writing. It's good writing. And James runs up to her. I just love his expressions in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, yeah, like he's got a decision to make here. He knows he killed. Gonna... Him. She killed him. He can't prove it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I don't know. She says, as a matter of fact, what does it sound like happened to you? Yeah, uh, and then he finally just says, "It sounds like Still he killed himself." Like. Yeah, suicide. Yeah, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, that's what it's what it was." She said, and then the movie ends with a crane shot up and her leaving the property, and um, and with some great music scored. Man, that's the end of the Invisible Man. And uh, I pray, hoping it opens itself up to an Invisible Woman sequel. I'd love to see it. I'm I'm for it. Well, they are doing one, um, but it's not gonna be with her. Which I don't I know. I know it's unfortunate. Elizabeth Banks is doing it. It's gonna be Yeah, nobody wants to see that. I mean I, I don't want to see that. I don't I mean I don't know. I mean I, I haven't seen a lot of her work. I've never seen her be serious though. I've so I, if it's a comedy, I probably will skip it. Well, if I was if I was Universal, I would take it back from Elizabeth and give it back to Lee, and say, Lee, no, I want you to tell your story going forward. You know, because this could be that series that's going forward uh, with you know uh, the invisible character, uh, but this time it could be uh, her. You know, it could be uh, Elizabeth Moss, um, Cecilia. You know, uh, she she was the final girl, and she's a strong final girl. Uh, in this movie. Um, yeah, um, I'm ready to go ahead and give uh, 
I'm giving it all the praise, man. But I'm ready to give it my marks. Are you ready to give it your marks? Yeah. All right. So, all right. I'm going to give this thing. Uh, I don't know what I mean. No. I'm getting it five mark outs out of five on the mark out meter. It's getting five for me. This is an instant classic. This is a buy on Blu-ray type of movie. Uh, this is a movie that I think is going to go across this as far as the year. It's already going to make my top my top list of the best movies of the year. Um, I don't see how – I mean, it's still early, but I don't see how it won't be on the list. Um, yeah. I think when it comes to the horror, um, I think – obviously, I think two films may can beat it, and that would be Halloween Kills and A Quiet Place Part 2. Those are the only – You don't think any – you don't think Candyman can beat it? I don't. I, I don't think so. I trust Lee more than I trust Jordan Peele. <laughs> I like the trailer, but we'll see. Trailers can be deceiving. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, we'll see. I hope Candyman beat. I mean, in a way, I hope Candyman beats it, bit, but I don't know. I think it'll be good. I don't know if it'll be great. Right. But uh, what's your marks? My marks is five. Giving it five mark outs on the mark out meter. <laughs> mhm. Yeah, this is a it's the classic. Um, it's still in theaters. Um, uh, speaking of theaters. Um, in the conclusion of this bonus episode, are you planning on seeing anything this weekend? Yeah, I'm seeing the way the way back. I think it's called uh, tonight, and I'm, we're going to see Onward tomorrow. All right, I'm going to see Onward tonight, and I don't know. I may see Way Back tomorrow. I may. I don't know. Uh, it depends. Let me know if it's. I heard it's not bad, but Stuckman gave it a B. So. But Dad, um, <laughs> it's actually got a higher but, rate um, now than Onward does on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like an eighty-seven, yeah, something like that. I think it's gonna mm. be good. I think it's gonna be a redemption film for Ben. Yeah, but, you know. Uh, also, also in theaters, uh, Invisible Man. If you want to just watch a bad movie, you can see Brahms Boy too. Call the Wow is still out. Emma is now here in Bowling Green. Practical Jokers is still here. Sonic is still out. Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Black Boys for Life. Jumanji is still hanging in there. Um, Gentleman's still playing. The Gentleman? Uh, Thought I saw it on it. Uh, I don't know. It might be over at the 10. I don't know if it's at, at the theater 12. Okay. But yeah. Um. But there's still some stuff hanging out there. But yeah, Jumanji still we got people coming. Still putting butts in seats. Um, That's crazy. But um, that is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. But yeah, this concludes our uh, bonus episode. Um, will be up as well today. Um, uh, anything else you want to say before we conclude? Now, I'll let you go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah. Conclu- oh, I can. I, I will say. I will, I'll ask you this: since we're talking about Invisible Man, and there's Rumblings of Frankenstein coming. That's for Bloomhouse. 
do you think this will be a shared universe moving forward? Yeah, I think so. I think that uh, it can be if it's done right. Um, I think there's a way to do it uh, in a good way. And I think that everything that they do now going forward has to be something that realistically can happen. So with Frankenstein movie, I think that you can do it if you do it right. You know what I'm saying? If you make it uh, bio, uh, uh, biochemical or some, some type of reason, like the suit was a good reason to make the, someone invisible. It does. It takes it away from being supernatural or, or science fiction to science. It's actually science going into, uh, you know, it, as far as like the suit itself to turn someone invisible. And, um, I think that maybe with the Frankenstein movie and with Dracula, if they do anything else, I think that you can do it a way like make Dracula instead of a bloodthirsty vampire, make him a serial killer, you know, uh, and uh, and that, you know, does stuff like maybe drains people's blood, something like that, you know, and you can do it that way. And then with uh, Frankenstein's monster, make him um, uh, someone that was in a coma or something like that and bring him back from, you know, bring him back from near death, you know, but he just doesn't know how to uh, respond in the world today. And, uh, and I don't know, I don't know what you, I don't know how you can do it, but uh, to answer your question, yes, I think it could be a shady first. <laughs> you? Oh, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it would be silly not to, uh, at this point, I mean, you know, people's interests are there. Uh, if it's horror, you know, if it's a horror film, they're, they're going to come. And, you know, for a horror film, it did really well opening weekend, almost made 30. So, I mean, typically speaking, horror doesn't do that. And so, uh, so I, I think it's going to be shared. Uh, I told someone to theater opening night, not opening night, but that Saturday. And he was like, it's not going to be a shared universe. I was like, you'll see. Hmm. He says there's nothing happening with these characters. I was like, there is, and you'll see. (laughs) And even even a few days later, they were talking about Dracula and now Frankenstein. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know how they're going to pull it off, but it'd be kind of cool to see him pull it off. Um, and it'd be hard to pull it off and bring it now into a supernatural from the, from what they did in this movie. But it's scarier if you do it with what can really happen. Yeah. Like this will make this movie scarier than Hollow Man or any other movie because this can really happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, no arguments there. <laughs> this was a uh, like. A- All right. When I compare, if I compared Hollow Man to this, I would say Hollow Man's a fun popcorn film. This is a true, true film. Uh, it's a, it's a true horror film. I guess I would mm-hmm. say. It feels like yeah, it, real real life horrors is yeah, real life horrors is scarier than like fictionalized horrors. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh. All right. Well, hey, uh, this concludes this bonus episode of the Mark Out Movie Podcast and our spoiler review of Invisible Man 2020. Still catching theaters. Uh, in the meantime and in between time, I'm Aaron Whitlow, and he's. <laughs>